0: Welcome to the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Bo Smolka, and today we're going to be breaking down the Ravens pre-draft news conference held at their team facility earlier this week with General Manager Eric DaCosta and Director of Player Personnel Joe Hortiz, along with Coach John Harbaugh. We'll be hearing from DaCosta and Hortiz on some of the things they are looking for in this draft. One caveat here, the Pre-draft news conference informally has long been known as the Liars' Luncheon, and it's clear that the Ravens do not exactly broadcast their intentions in the weeks leading up to the draft. DaCosta himself has said he understands why it's called the Liars' Luncheon, and the Ravens are notoriously close to the vest with their draft plans. If they mention names of players, there's usually a good chance they are doing so to throw up a smokescreen They were especially secretive about their interest in Lamar Jackson a few years ago. They didn't want anybody knowing that they had interest in Lamar Jackson. They kept their interest very well hidden. And then, of course, they drafted Jackson with the final pick in the first round that year. Having said all that, Tecosta and Joe Hortiz met with the media for about 45 minutes, and they talked about this coming draft, strengths of the draft in general, uh, weaknesses of the draft class in general. And really, what the Ravens are looking for in terms of rebuilding this roster. Remember, this is a team that just finished their season 8 and 9 and ended the year with six straight losses. Of course, there was a rash of injuries along the way, and that was the biggest factor in all of it. But there were also holes in this roster, and they know it, and they know they need to fix them. One thing Eric DeCosta said about this draft was it is a deeper draft overall than last year's group. And DaCosta began his news conference by explaining that they began planning for this draft last year. And here's what DaCosta had to say.
1: This is a draft that we've been thinking about for the last year, basically, um, you know, at least since last draft. We made some moves last draft to accumulate some additional uh, picks this year, a trade with the Cardinals last year to get us a fourth round pick this year. And then uh, throughout the process uh, in training camp, we made a few additional trades fortify ourselves as well in this draft Uh, and then with the comp picks that we got last year for losing players we feel very good about where we're situated right now with nine picks in the first four rounds great opportunity for the club so the Ravens come into this
0: draft with 10 picks as of now nine of them in the first four rounds and that is as DaCosta mentioned that is partially because of deals they made last year During the draft, they made a trade. They gave away a fourth-round pick to Arizona and a sixth-round pick. Arizona got a fourth and a sixth, and in exchange, the Ravens got a fifth-rounder last year and a fourth-rounder this coming year. So they added a fourth-round pick in that trade. During training camp, they traded Sean Wade to to New England. Uh, He was a cornerback, a fifth-round pick last year who was, frankly, not going to make the team. He was dealt away and they picked up a seventh-round pick for this year and a fifth-rounder for 2023. They then moved that seventh-round pick and offensive lineman Greg Montz to the Miami Dolphins for a sixth-round pick this year, and they also made a trade late in training camp. Guard Ben Bredesen, who probably was not going to make the team either, he was traded to the New York Giants for a fourth-round pick this year. So the Ravens did some wheeling and dealing to try to build up their stockpile of draft picks this coming year. DaCosta last year had already projected that the 2022 draft board was going to be stronger than the 2021 draft board. In addition, the Ravens picked up three compensatory picks for this draft. One of them because assistant coach David Culley was signed away by the Houston Texans. And with the NFL's new minority coaching initiative, that created a compensatory pick for the Ravens. And then they picked up two compensatory picks after losing Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe to free agency. So the Ravens now have 10 picks in the draft. They are well positioned if they want to move up, if they want to move back, or if they want to stay where they are. Their first pick is set to be at number 14 overall. Now, among the Ravens' roster needs... Tackle still remains a big one. They have signed Morgan Moses as one of their top free agent acquisitions. He will presumably be the starting right tackle, but they still don't know what they've got with Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley trying to come back from his ankle injury that cost him half of the 2020 season and essentially all of last season. And quite frankly, the Ravens' evaluation of Stanley last year turned out to be a big miscalculation, and Eric DeCosta has admitted it. They expected Ronnie Stanley to return to the field, return to his All-Pro form, and be a key contributor in 2021. They traded away Orlando Brown, they added Alejandro Villanueva, and the thought was Stanley would return on the left side, Villanueva on the right side, and they would move forward. Stanley was clearly not ready to return. He played one game. He did not look anywhere near his regular all-pro form. He was shut down, had another operation, missed the rest of the year. Villanueva scrambled. He moved over to the left side. He struggled, especially against speed rushers. Patrick McCarry, the Ravens' super utility lineman, ended up becoming the starting right tackle and fared pretty well. But this offensive line was not ever really put together the way they wanted last year. And they ended up allowing a franchise record 57 sacks. Now, Eric DaCosta said after this season, revamping and improving this offensive line is a top priority. But this is what Eric DaCosta t- said when asked about Ronnie Stanley's health and the tackle position going into the draft.
1: The, the fact remains that we're not sure how Ronnie's going to rebound. You know, we're, we're optimistic. Uh, we feel, I don't want to speak for Ronnie, and I wouldn't speak in specifics, but uh, we feel like he's on a good pace to come back. Um, in saying that, uh, you know, we brought in uh, Morgan. Um, we've got uh, Jawan on hand as well, Jawan James, who we brought in last year. We feel that there's an opportunity in the draft to address the tackle spot at some point, whether it's in the first round or the fourth round. There's good players all throughout this year. It's a very, very deep position class. And so there's a lot of different ways for us to skin the cat. Um, and we'll do that at some point.
0: With Morgan Moses signed, you can make the case tackle is not the steep, steep knee that it was a month ago. But the edge rusher situation remains a major concern for this team. They thought they had signed Zadarius Smith to help answer that. Zadarius Smith essentially backed out of a agreed-upon deal. He found a better deal in Minnesota, so Zadarius Smith is not coming to Baltimore. Tyus Bowser is coming off a torn Achilles in the season finale against Pittsburgh. Justin Houston is not signed with the team right now. Uh, the the edge-rushing group Adafé Owe is back for his second season. Bowser is back, potentially, coming off an Achilles injury. Jalon Ferguson has not really amounted to what they hoped he would be when they drafted him. And it's a big question mark at the edge rush group. Here's Eric DaCosta
1: talking about the edge rush group in this year's draft. Yeah, you know, there are some good players. You know, typically those guys go fast. Uh, we think there'll be a run on those guys, probably in the top 10. There might be a guy or two that falls down to us at 14, potentially. I think that... Uh, unfortunately, one of the one of the top guys, really an outstanding prospect, Ajabo, uh, suffered an injury, uh, which was uh, unfortunate for us and unfortunate for the league, and, and certainly. Most unfortunate for him, with that being said, he suffered an Achilles. He should be back and should be ready to go, and he's a tremendous talent. And uh, you all saw what he did at Michigan this year opposite Hutchinson. So uh, there are guys in the second, third rounds, fourth rounds. Uh, We're kind of lucky that we have a chance to look at some different players, meaning potentially some of these undersized 4-3 defensive ends really do fit us as outside linebackers. And our coaches are right now looking at those guys scouring the country, going to workouts, going to pro days, and uh, we'll have a good, strong board.
0: DaCosta predicting a run on edge rushers in the top 10 of the draft. That doesn't mean there won't be one there for the Ravens when they're on the clock. George Kalafdis from Purdue is one that has been linked to the Ravens, as has Jermaine Johnson from Georgia and then Florida State. Those are two guys who could be first-round targets for the Ravens when they are picking at number 14. But edge rush, I would say, at the moment, is probably the Ravens' biggest draft need. And, of course, DaCosta mentioned David Ojabo from Michigan, and he was often linked to the Ravens. Ojabo really thrived at Michigan under the Ravens' new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, but then... Ojabo suffered an Achilles injury in his pro day at Michigan, so that has really complicated his draft stock. DeCosta called him a tremendous talent, and I am sure he is still on the Ravens' radar in a big way, but whether he could contribute this year or where that changes his slot position for the draft will be interesting to see. But DaCosta predicts a run on edge rushers early in the top 10, and it will be interesting to see if players they still like are on the board at number 14 when the Ravens are scheduled to pick. Could they trade up? Could they trade down? Yeah, they could trade down. They could trade up. The Ravens historically have traded back much more than they've traded up, but here was Eric DaCosta when asked, hey, will the Ravens with 10 draft picks be looking to trade up or trade down in this year's draft?
1: I think we do have a lot of flexibility, which is something that we covet, You know, having the chance to move up and down. Sometimes you get into a situation, and we see it with other teams, where they want to do a trade with us or they want to maneuver, but they don't have the picks to do it, and sometimes you can't find the combinations to do that. So having picks in the first, second, third, and fourth round and also a six-round pick, I think gives us the flexibility to do whatever we want to do.
0: Another significant need for the Ravens is at cornerback, and on the one hand, they have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, so in theory, they are pretty well positioned there, but Peters is coming off a torn ACL, Marlon Humphrey is coming off a torn pec, Tavon Young was released, so he is not available. The Ravens saw again last year what happens when you run out of cornerbacks, and it was not pretty. They were left to scramble late in the year, and Joe Burrow, among others, just completely torched the Ravens' overmatched secondary group. So even with Marcus Peters and even with Marlon Humphrey, it is absolutely not out of the question that the Ravens would take a first-round cornerback, especially when you look at this division now with Joe Burrow and the talent level in Cincinnati with now Deshaun Watson in Cleveland and the talent level in Cleveland. Here was Eric DaCosta talking about the cornerback position and is there a chance they would take one right away in the first round?
1: If you guys know us, you know, we we always want to have a strong secondary and have as many corners as possible. We've referred to those guys as race cars in the past. And this, this year, you know, we got decimated at that position across the board. So we have outstanding players coming back, but again... Uh, until they come back. It's it's a question mark. So we're very excited that we feel like Marlon's going to come back with a vengeance and Marcus is going to come back with a vengeance. But behind those two guys, the depth is is thin. So there are opportunities for us, again, in the first round, second round, third round. Coach has been watching the corners and as well. And, and uh, we feel like we have the opportunity to take one or two corners in the draft that we could come in and contribute right away. We're excited about that. Um, you know, uh, and, and I should also say that, Bringing in Marcus this year should help, should help those guys, Marcus Williams, in a lot of different ways. The skills that he has, what he can do for us in the passing game in the back end, along with Chuck. We feel like we've got a great you know set of safeties. And then Brandon Stevens was another guy last year who played for us some at safety, played for us some at corner, and we think he should make a jump this year and help us as well.
0: Costa mentioned Brandon Stevens. Remember, Brandon Stevens, a third-round pick a year ago, what began his college career as a running back at UCLA, he transitioned to cornerback when he transferred to SMU. When the Ravens drafted him, they identified him as a safety. The Ravens have always referred to Brandon Stevens as a versatile chess piece, and perhaps he will be one that they look to use at cornerback at times. But certainly, you heard that he thinks they can find a quality cornerback in the first few rounds. Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati is considered the top cornerback of the group. It would be a shock if he's still sitting there on the board at number 14. Derek Stingley from LSU is another one that could be on the board when the Ravens are picking. Trent McDuffie from Washington. Those three are considered the elite of the group, and it's possible one of them would be available for the Ravens at 14. Probably not Gardner, but possibly Stingley or McDuffie. And the Ravens, it would not be a surprise to see them draft a cornerback with that first pick, uh, even though they have Humphrey and Peters. Another position of interest for the Ravens this draft will be center. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, the starting center last year, signed away as a free agent by Caroline. And that was interesting because the the Ravens made an offer to Bozeman in in the winter and Bozeman turned it down. Bozeman hoped to get paid more on the open market, and that just didn't happen. His market dried up, and he signed a cheap one-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. But Bozeman is gone now, leaving the center position open. Patrick McCarry, who played right tackle last year, potentially could slide back to center. McCarry, of course, the super utility lineman who has played pretty much every position on the offensive line, but has starting experience at center. And John Harbaugh has said he is probably the incumbent who would move to center right now. The Ravens, of course, have been linked often in this draft to Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum. And one thing that was very interesting to me was when Eric DaCosta held his pre-draft news conference at the scouting combine, he was effusive in the praise of Tyler Linderbaum. And that is not usually something DaCosta does with the players he actually expects to draft. If he wanted, if he was really, really high on Tyler Linderbaum, he is not the kind of person that's going to broadcast that information. So personally, I would be surprised if they take Linderbaum. I think that was a classic smoke smokescreen at the scouting combine to build up Tyler Linderbaum. Maybe there's another team out there that wants a center. Maybe they think the Ravens are going to want him at 14. They take Linderbaum higher than that, or they trade for that pick, and then DeCosta can get the guy he wants anyway. That's how the game is played sometimes. But DaCosta being very effusive in his praise for Linderbaum at the scouting combine was telling to me, only because that's not the way DaCosta operates with the players he really expects to take. But we'll see. But this was Eric DaCosta talking about the centers in this year's draft.
1: I think one of the cool things about this draft at the center position is we see four or five guys that we like that might not be first-round type picks, that might be second, third, fourth-round guys that we think would be good players at center this year. So um, it's a tough position to play. There's a physical component. There's also a very, very strong mental component as well. Leadership is important. So you're really looking for the perfect guy to play that position, and it's very tough to find.
0: So it becomes quite clear that even if the players that were hurt all return healthy – in, 2020, in 2022, uh, the Ravens have some roster holes and they have some concerns and they hope to address it in the draft. They also are not done on the free agent marketplace. This is the time of year the Ravens have often looked for bargain buys, if you will, in free agency after the initial wave and even the secondary wave of free agency dies down. Sometimes the Ravens find value on the open market at this time of year. And we mentioned Calais Campbell is one of the players that's still available. Justin Houston is still available. But this was to Costa talking about the potential of adding more street free agents as they get into the spring and summer.
1: Well, we're always looking at value. And we're looking at all the players. That, that process doesn't end just because the first wave and maybe the second wave of free agency has passed us by. And it doesn't mean that there aren't some good players out there still. And over the years, I can give you a lot of examples of players that we brought in. Uh, one, one that comes to mind is a favorite of mine was Daryl Smith, who I think Ozzie signed back in May after the draft. Uh, there will be some Daryl Smiths on this team this year, and so uh, we will continue to address that. I think we're at the stage now where, you know, so the first wave and the second wave of free agency I use or we use as a tool to help us get ready for the draft. Uh, with the draft coming quickly, uh, one strategy may be the draft and then see where we need to fill in at this point. And so we think we're in a good position right now with all the moves that we've made. We may have some moves to announce in the couple, next couple weeks. Um, but the draft really kind of does move to the forefront. And then after the draft, we'll reassess, see where we are as a team, and consider players that are still out there on the streets.
0: So the Ravens' roster-building process continues. It will continue well after the draft. Ozzie Newsom used to always like to say, the process of building the roster is never done. And there is always moves, and it's always fluid. And Eric DaCosta and his staff will always be on the lookout for other players to supplement the roster. But the Ravens will now focus primarily on the draft. In a couple weeks, it starts Thursday, April the 28th, and as of now, the Ravens will pick at number 14, Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Believe in the Ravens podcast on the Believe Network.